Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com backslash Grace P. That's BetterHelp.com slash Grace P. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of 20 something. I have another guest on for us today to talk a little bit about um, finding success and taking the road less traveled and uh, honestly, a lot of different things. Um, I have Murphy here today and Murph was my first form legionnaire coach. That's how we met. Um, and he is also a very good friend of mine. So thank you so much, Murph, for being on today. Um, I will kind of give you uh, the mic and have you tell everyone just like a little bit about you, what you're doing. We'll we'll just kind of get into it. Sure. Well, first of all, Grace, thank you for having me. It fills me with a lot of pride to see your projects be something that you're putting a lot of time and priority into. And it's almost like someone like years ago told you to follow your dreams and you listen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you. Um, As far as like who I am, what I do. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, everybody. Uh, My name is Murphy, Murphy Wells. I'm him. Uh, If you follow me on Instagram, that's not just some gag that I pull, but I do identify myself as him. Um, (laughs) And it is completely like a nod to like Kevin Gates and Odell Beckham Jr. But Ultimately, uh, who am I? I am a newly 30-year-old media entrepreneur that used to work at First Form, but I still kind of work at First Form. (laughs) It's totally different. And I have been kind of on this personal development style of living. I've made it more so my lifestyle. Uh, I've been doing this since about 2016. And in that time, I reached a career that I started entry level and I just about hit six figures in. Um, I've gone through, I don't know how many different physical transformations. Uh, I've run, I don't know how many half marathons. I've done one full marathon. I don't know how many nights in jail, how many tattoos, but basically my whole premise of existence, my philosophy is, hey, if you're an average person and you think that great things are not destined for you, I'm here to show you that that is uh, malarkey or bull jive. How much can I curse? You can curse. <laughs> so I'm going to take advantage of that a little bit, but let's start smooth. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. a little bit about. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, kind of go into like, so you said 
you want people who feel like they're average to believe that they don't have to stay average and they can, you know, go and achieve whatever they set their mind to. But how did you, how did you come to realize that within your own life? Hmm. Well, um, like most people that I believe, uh, I was raised in a middle-class suburban setting. Uh, I was actually born and raised all throughout the city of St. Louis, but um, I was born in more of the city parts, which are very, very rough. Um, I wasn't exposed to very much that age, but you, you kind of understand that it's dangerous and it's a little bit more of, hey, when the lights go down, like stay indoors, walk with mom, things like that. And when my mom moved me out to the county, I was going to public school. I held a little part-time job, but I was like about a C average student. And I, I never really knew what my talents were. I largely didn't think I had any, um, but it had been revealed to me that the ability to like act a thespian, a play participant, something of that nature. Uh, I actually had a real flair for that my freshman year. And then that later transferred into journalism. And I never really did that well in school because it's hard to keep my attention. Um, but as I kind of got older, I started making more risks, risk-taking decisions. Um, and I went from this kind of quiet, mild-mannered, still somewhat goofy and very eccentric, uh, you know, shorter than average, just pasty dude. And once I started really kind of getting off the porch is what I called it, I started going out into the world. I really wanted to fit in. I had never really fit in my whole life. Um, and I was I was oddly very proud of that, which... When I say oddly, it was something that I always liked being different. But by the time I was about 18, I started trying to hang out and fit in and be like everyone else. And that meant partying more. It meant trying new things like drugs, like travel, and some things that I will forever hold near and dear to my heart, but some things that caused irreparable damage to my life and probably to the lives of others. Um, but it was really about the time that I was 23 when I was at the height of just substance abuse and, you know, really on my way to being a college dropout, um, prime frat boy Murph, prime drug dealer Murph at that. Part of the the discovery of myself I went down is that I could make a lot of money not doing a lot of work. And that was one of those first inclinations I had was that, hey, instead of, you know, just partying to party, I'm going to party as my lifestyle. Oh, well, you can make money partying as your lifestyle. How? Supplying the party materials. Oh, well, where do I get those? Hey, just so happens, I know a guy. And there's always a guy that knows a guy. Uh, <laughs> and then they teach you the game. And then you start buying into the fact of like, hey, I make more money than my parents do right now. I remember one time my mom basically called me out and said, what are you doing? I know you're doing something. I dropped like two grand in front of her. And I said, well, guess we got to have the talk. And she was like, where did you get this money from? I'm like, I've been working for it. But when it all blows up in your face and you're back down to ground zero, you have to buy into the fact that normal people do normal things for a reason. And it's that their routines are safe. It's something that they have carved out this little lane for themselves because at the very least, they figured out what works for me on a daily basis. I never had that. I wasn't disciplined. I didn't have much character. So when I started working a normal job, actually going to school a little bit, still a C average student because, you know, I'm just, I just don't care about school. Also proud of you for graduating. Thank you. <laughs> um, I really just, I, I really kind of fell in love with becoming good at everyday people things. And I kind of felt really good that I didn't have to go out and drink if I didn't want to. I didn't have to do hard drugs if I didn't want to. I didn't have to get into a nefarious plot just because 
my guy's guy had an opportunity for me. And when that brought me to first form after about three years of like really hammering down and being disciplined and being consistent, well, I started ground zero again. And I was like, all right, the journey begins again. I got into the best shape of my life. I got to work for my role model, who is Andy, who is now not just my role model, but my friend and my mentor. And someone who I have a much closer relationship because with, because I didn't quit, even though I almost hit the guy with my car, like five yeah. weeks into the job. If you ever listen, if anyone here is a listener to Real AF, that episode was like, hey, there was a guy smoking a fucking joint and he almost hit me on his second day. There are many falsified points of that story. The number one thing is I was not at work or leaving work smoking a joint. I was going home to smoke a joint. Thank you. <laughs> second of all, it was not my second day. It was like my fifth week. And then the rest is the rest is. But it wasn't even so much like just being there and like, oh, well, I have a job at first form because I started at $12 an hour and I stayed at $12 an hour through like July of 2020. And so when the pandemic started, I got into the best shape of my life. I started getting promoted in the company. I started being able to buy big boy purchases and things of that nature. And that carried me for about, you know, two and a half years until I decided to split off and create my own company. And so as a guy who has very humble beginnings, I'm not admittedly that talented or skilled on a natural level. Um, I messed up my life very supremely. I did what normal people did, and I often did it better than normal people ever aspired to. And for me to actually quit my career working for my role model after three and a half years, I look at the life that I have and some of the opportunities I've not only had, but the ones I continue to seize today. And I just, I look at that and I look at someone else. I'm like, why not you? Hmm. I know that's a lot. No, that's awesome. So what made you, like, how did you come to decide to leave first form? Because I know, like, I mean, I remember when you called me to tell me, and at first I thought I was in trouble. I was like, oh God, I'm not doing my Legionnaire stuff. Murph's going to get on me. And I was not expecting you to say that you were leaving. But I feel like, especially at this age, like, I mean, even in myself, like I have big dreams and big goals, but as much as I would like to think I don't let fear run my decisions, I do. So how did you push aside that and move forward with kind of the less secure path? Yeah. So when you look back to about 2016 through 2019, that's the three year span where I was just kind of getting my shit back together. And I kept always telling myself because I had bought into the idea that because I have a conviction for a felony on my record, I never did time. I just have a mark on my record that says I got caught with hard drugs uh, so many years ago. I, I thought because of that and because I didn't do well in school that if I got any job, any legitimate job, you would look at and you'd be like, okay, well, you know what? He didn't completely mess everything up. So I resigned myself to being cool, to actually feeling as accomplished as I had ever been making like $40,000 a year. Now, money does not buy happiness, but what you have to do for your money and what you do with your money does get you happiness. And so when I thought about it, after I thought about like, hey, I can just, you know, get any old job. And as long as I don't go to prison or die, I'm cool. I also reminded myself, I was like, hey, but you know, a couple summers ago, you had $40,000 in a safe from not doing very much work at all. So when I got to first form, it was like, okay, I'm in the building. 
I should achieve something great here. But the thing about first form is that not only are you surrounded by hard workers and amazing entrepreneurs, you have amazing entrepreneurs that aren't just Andy, but his guests and all of his leadership brass, those people are well adept at the game. I mean, if you just listen to the MF CEO project, that's years and years and years of just free game that is mm -hmm. at your fingertips. And not only did I have that added benefit, but when you looked at how the always be learning core value is initiated in that building, they encourage you, hey, become financially literate. We encourage you to go off and do your own business. Now, you may have to make the decision at some point what you're willing to do more because working at first form, if you are really committed to the mission of getting real people, real and long-term results, it's still ingrained in me. Yes. All of it. You can have a coaching call right now. I mean it. <laughs> coaching call time. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably get a motivational speech somewhere at the end of this. Um, <laughs> but legitimately, when you're exposed to all of that, you you start taking little mental nuggets of it. And you're like, all right, well, maybe somewhere when I'm in my late 30s or close to retiring or something like that, maybe I'll go do my own thing. Well, about this time, you started seeing on Instagram, this is about 2022, it's early 2022, mid 2022. You start seeing people actually using like really high tech cameras with their Instagram content. It, like reels were becoming like cinematic. And I was, yeah. I was looking around. I'm like, well, the media team has those, but I'm like, who, who else do I know who has a camera? And then I thought about like Chaz McDonald, uh, M Chaz 2020, the most disgusting athlete I've ever personally had as a friend. It's like him and Mark. And that's, mm -hmm. But I started seeing that he would like film his own content. He had like an actual media background. And then some other guys came around and some of those media guys started teaching me a thing or two. And so when it was about last summer, I bought my first camera and I really didn't use it a whole lot. But then there was an opportunity actually at a Legionnaire weekend and the media team was out of town. Well, I stepped up. I knew a few things. I really wasn't that good. And for what it's worth, I don't think I'm that good. But I enjoyed doing it so much, I started actually developing a passion for it and wanting to get better at it. And so another thing I developed a passion for was going to festivals, like EDM festivals. I love loud bass. I love flashing lights. I love, you know, the sounds of robots making love. <laughs> Mark says it a whole lot different, but whatever. <laughs> you know, I love that stuff. And when I actually brought my camera to EDC Orlando, I was just getting footage and my friends were like, dude, you've been doing this for a while, huh? I'm like, no, nah, I've been doing this for like three months. But they, they were flabbergasted. And so I started doing it more and more and more. And eventually I was sitting with uh, Matt and Mark Joe and Matt was at, is at EDC Orlando with me. And I, and I just asked a question because they both had LLCs. I was like, hey, when when do I actually like sign up for my LLC? He goes, the first time someone offers to pay you, you're in business. I'm like, someone offered to pay me. And it was a tip. It was $30 for two reels that I did for them. Wow. And so just fast forward to literally one month later, and to be completely honest with you, as you and I talked about uh, in our meeting, mm -hmm. the, the last couple months, it, or the first couple months into the new year of 2023, I, I was in a, the middle of a very big spiritual battle. Um, I had kind of been on the outs with my parents and they are my most precious family. Like I don't, I don't have very big family. 
Um, I was in a long distance relationship that was really, it was something that I was really invested into. And for someone like myself, who I didn't mention this before, I have bipolar depression. When it gets darker and colder out, which from, you know, November to February, it's going to be those things here. Mm. You start, you start really getting deep into some depression and some anxiety, and you start really hating your routines because everything feels like every day is exactly the same. And that's, that's not how you want to feel. And so ultimately I made the decision that I got a text from one of my, my clients, you know, it was very informal. He was like, Hey, dude, I need you name your price. What do you say? It was very, very, it was very, very brief. And I, I had been thinking the night before, and this is the only time that I had really ever thought this, I'm not looking forward to going to work tomorrow. But when you get a text like that, when you don't feel like going to work tomorrow, like, but the first thing I did was I asked Andy and I was like, hey, what did you do if you were me? Because I'd really think about it. It took about a week, but I decided with everything that I had learned from him, everything his leadership brass taught me and the passion that I had for it, I had been in a situation where, you know, I, I I had slept on sofa cushions, not an actual sofa in my parents' basement when I moved back until I bought my own bed, but then I bought my own house. Mm-hmm. I had been homeless years before. Like I had nothing, like nothing worth talking about. I had, you know, a couple hundred bucks, my name in a bag full of clothes and whatever couch someone let me sleep on. I remember when heat would go out in my rented houses in college, after I got over all my dumb shit that I was doing, And like, I would have to have a little space heater and I felt fucking hopeless. If I can go through all of that and people want to listen to my story for any given reason, why does the story end with my career? Good things happen, do the right thing. And to not be honest about how you feel about what you want to do. I've learned from one of the greatest entrepreneurs of my lifetime. He is a close personal friend and he is someone who I have have I ever spoken about him with anything that honor, please let me know when. No, no. And so if I saw what he did in the college town that I went to in the store where I started getting my nutrition and my fitness, right. That is what gave me the gall, the gumption, the audacity to actually go out there and figure it out for myself. Right. So having the mentorship, having somebody that you can look up to and go to, to kind of help see that it's possible. That, that's part of it, but I would say more, I felt a strong personal obligation to fuck around and find out. Um, okay. And on the, and that is true because if I didn't have those people influencing me, I wouldn't have had it. But mm-hmm. that being said, you know, I also had the belief that me failing was okay. Um, I wasn't afraid to fail. I've been through very, very hard things. I've failed a lot of things. Um, but with that, you know, my my day that was officially my last day as an employee of First Form, I, I had about an hour, hour and a half conversation with Sal Frisella. And he just said something that was, it was just so telling of why I love that company and why I knew that I could risk failure. And he was like, hey, no matter what, I don't care if it works, it doesn't work. You always got something here. You've You've proven to us how much you care about the mission. You've never given us anything but your best. You proved a lot of people wrong to do it too. And so I was like, all right, if worse comes to worse, I got a home that I can go back to. Yeah. So 
I love that. I just love first form so much and I miss it every day, I honestly. <laughs> I was there for again. Hey, no free advertisement. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it's not that you don't, it's not that you're not a part of it. It's the part yeah. of maybe you're not active as a legionnaire right now, but the fact of the matter is, is that you doing this podcast and connecting from someone who, again, helped socialize you into that environment, that's you still leading the mission because hopefully people hear what we have to say tonight and they go take action in their own lives and they try to change their lives. So that's you being as a part of first form as you ever could be right there. Thank you. That makes me feel better. <laughs> so you said that you you aren't afraid of failure. What would you tell somebody that is though? Because I mean, even looking at my own life, like I have lived an extremely privileged life. Like I have not even gone through, I haven't even dipped my toe in the water that you have been through. So looking at failure, like, yes, I've, I've failed and I've, I've fallen and taken steps back, but what would you like, what advice would you give to somebody that really has big dreams, but is very afraid of failure? My biggest piece of advice, there are so many different things I can touch on. And unfortunately, most of them are cliches. Like most of the information and the knowledge that is out there has been washed, rinsed, repeated. I don't know how many times. And so I try to bring original thoughts, but as I probably told you, I don't know how many times good artists borrow and great artists steal. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel that. However, to me, I would say number one, What's worse, failing or quitting? At the end of the day, a guy like David Goggins went through BUDS, which is effectively when someone who's enlisted in the Navy goes to become a Navy SEAL, they go through BUDS first. He went through that three times. He got failed out three times and he had to finish with a broken leg, but he didn't ever quit. You look at guy like Phil Knight. Uh, it's it's required reading at, at first form is Shoe Dog, the idea of how Nike came to be. That story is a nonstop, endless, just parade of have an idea, try it out, fail, don't give up, a little bit of success, get smacked, repeat. Like over the span of three decades, that's what that book is. If If you are scared to fail, I would tell you that that is a good thing because it means you really care about whatever it is that you want to do. Because if you're not scared to fail, cool, you aren't going to have any enthusiasm or any conviction to go out and do whatever it is that you are quote unquote scared to do. Like a lot of people are scared to go to a gym. Why? Because they don't understand health or fitness. And they think that the gym is full of scary, mean people who are going to make fun of them. Like they were probably made fun of in high school. Did you ever have that fear? Yes. Okay. How did you, how did you get over that fear of failure at the gym? How did you do it? it just, I just kept going. You, but you had to start going. Yeah. You had to start going. Started, started slow, started with my friends, started in a comfortable gym. And then, then you start to notice people aren't there to watch you. <laughs> no, unless you make a spectacle of yourself in which well, case on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the number one thing I would I would advocate, I would say this is a three-pronged answer. Number one, ask yourself, is failing worse than quitting? 
once you understand that you quitting is what you should really be afraid of because that's more of a mark on your character and your conviction than understanding that if you give it your best shot, you're probably still going to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. The next thing is to embrace it because anyone who has won big, Michael Jordan included, he got kicked out of the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs how many years until finally his team broke through. Then they got three championships and then he retired and then he didn't go to the finals and they went to the finals three more times and won three straight finals and never went to a game seven. Like once you have embraced it, the, 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 the thing you have to do at that point is just continue to push and continue to say, what else am I capable of? Because Failure is a, it's a requirement of being great. Everyone has failed, me included. And I could, I could tell you some stories about it, but don't be afraid of it, embrace it and dare to keep going forward. Yeah. So I have been kind of struggling with this in what I'm doing now, but when you are like pushing for not pushing, but when you are you know, finding, finding your path or like trying to do the best that you can do at whatever you're doing, whether that be the job that you have or the business you're trying to start or the podcast that you have. I have had a very hard time setting boundaries to be able to pursue that. And like the people pleasing aspect, like I work, I work an in-person job. Now I work full-time I've been working overtime. I've been working my ass off because that's just my personality. That's who I am. I want to do the best that I can do, but it has taken away a lot of time from me to um, work out, to keep up with my nutrition and eat enough, honestly, to keep up with my podcast. And I've talked to a lot of people my age about it as well, who are like, I want to do something different, but for financial stability, I need to have this the secure job while I'm trying to pursue something else. But the boundary setting is like, what do you, what do you got for that? <laughs> as far as the things that are, that are invading the boundaries you would like to set, I would ask you first, what classification of, of, I guess, distraction is it or people pleasing? Like, is this friends? Is it family? Is it strictly per- professional can you give me a little bit more context to what you are particularly dealing with yeah so I mean right now it's a lot it's work a lot I've been um covering um so I've been working 11 hour shifts twice a week and then my regular eight to nine hour shifts um and that's just I mean nobody is specifically asking me to do that it's something that I am doing because it supports my role there um but then like recently I've had a lot of family stuff going on which thankfully is kind of clearing out now but there was like a solid month where like things started happening with my grandparents my grandparents got sick we were moving them and then my other set my other side, my grandma, we had to move her and I was home every weekend. And then I was back and I was working and I was like, Oh my God, like my mental health. And then it was like, well, what am I going to work out? What am I going to see my friends? What am I going to do my podcast? And, Oh, I have to, I have to go into work because 
I need to hit my numbers this month. And it was like, okay, I need to learn how to say no to some things. And obviously with family, that was important. And that was something I had to be there for, but I should have shifted a couple other things to still give me space for myself in that time, which I did not. And I did end up burning out and getting sick. (laughs) So this is one of those things that like, there are so many different angles and so many different intricacies, but the immediate thing I want to say is that what you're going through, number one is normal. Like, okay, I'm 30, for example, you are still what, five years younger than me, six years younger than me, 23. You are like six and a half years younger than me. You're at the end of your early twenties. So the first thing I want to tell you is welcome to the end of childhood. And I really, that's scary. (laughs) That's, but it is the truth. And I talked about this. I actually talked about this on my homie, uh, Swerve's podcast, the Swerving podcast. Um, this is why this feeling is beginning to happen. And it's just adulthood is showing you that it has way more shit to throw at you. You are figuring out that you're in a point of your life where the stakes have almost been raised. Am I right? Yeah. You, you have your degree, you have job and career and those seeds are planted. You understand personal development. You want to get your access thing going. You look around at some of the people who are your, whether you know them formally, or if you know them informally on the internet is whatever it's immaterial. And you have started the comparison game and what is the hardest period of your 20s, which is going into your mid 20s. And so the reason this is, is that about 23, most people realize that if they're stuck in their college town, all their friends have left their college town. They've started their lives and the clock has begun for the pissing match that is the rest of your life with your peers. And on the one end, all you want to do is be successful. All you want to do is be a millionaire by 25. You want to have the next big podcast. You want it to be it's whatever podcast that everyone shows go from. It's the 20 something podcast. You, you don't want to have to worry about money. Now, thankfully, smart butt got a lot of your college stuff taken care of. So feel really good about that. If not all of it, yeah. correct? Yes, all of okay. it. I don't have all my college stuff taken care of. So let me just remind you of that. <laughs> the thing is, is that for me, and what I, I try to preach to people is that the, that feeling, much like the comparison feeling, will never go away. And it's the it's it's the idea of Andy's taking his sacrifices and investments, and it's also taking some of Jocko's extreme ownership and prioritize and execute. If you do not get proper rest, if you are not eating, if you're not going to the gym, if you're not feeding your brain what you need to be feeding it, if you're not hydrating properly, if you're not getting in touch with your spiritual presence, you're not meditating, if you're not doing mobility, these are just things that people do to get right. And you go to a sales job for 11, 12 hours a day. Are you bringing your best self to your job? No. Are you fulfilled even if you hit your numbers? No. No. You've probably learned this in life, at least to some degree. I I spoke on it earlier, but the idea of money buying happiness, much like everything else I've talked about, it's passe. It's a cliche. Yes. Yes. When have you been your happiest? Oof. Uh, My happiest. 
probably when I probably this past fall when I was working remotely and coaching full-time and doing kind of my own thing. Why do you think that's your happiest time? Um, because everything was on my own terms and I got to do what I was actually passionate about. And I've been thinking a lot about that recently. <laughs> that's probably why you feel this way. You yeah. have the things you want to be doing, and then you have things you have convinced yourself you need to be doing or you have to be doing. Oftentimes those things we feel like we need to do or have to do, the, the family emergency is excluded, but it's the constantly saying yes to people. It's the folding in on what we want most for what we want now. It's, 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 it's your insecurities and it's your ego telling you, this is what we have to do because that is the narrative that society lives by. What I would say with sacrifices and investments is this, you have to sacrifice people's feelings and the mundane, the, the mundane distractions of life. And sometimes you have to turn down making money in the short term to make money in the long term because right. everything is trade off. But what you invest in are the things that are not only going to pay your bills, but are also going to pay Grace's spiritual bills, which is getting in touch with yourself. It's the journaling on a consistent basis. It's the meditation, it's mindfulness, it's your fitness, it's your nutrition, because when those things are taken care of, then you are adequately able to invest in other things, but only so much of them. But once you kind of sacrifice the things you don't need and you invest in the things you do need, you still have to prioritize and execute those things. You have to come up with non-negotiables for things that have to be done every day. And you also have to make peace with failure. I fail days all the time. Now, not right now, because I'm on 75 hard. Those days I've been winning. But, oh, okay. Because yeah, I, I get my own little tune up. And that's what I did is I created a whole bunch of non-negotiable things that would improve my character and also my feeling of fulfillment the more I got them done. Yeah. And so when I pushed away drinking at festivals and drinking at shows, because I, I can still go to shows. I can still dance. I can still you know have a good time, but I don't need to be drunk. I, I don't even much when when i stopped giving myself excuses to miss my workouts i was getting two done a day i was hitting better jumpers in basketball i still have not gone back to jujitsu in a while but you know we'll get there eventually yeah but finally i thought about what i wanted most and if you are sitting there in your job working all these hours and you are telling yourself i could be way happier why you're telling yourself that is because you have experience being way happier doing something else. So I say this, some of the most happy times of my life were when I figured out I needed to stop doing what I was doing because it felt practical. And then I started doing what normal people were too scared to do. And I was like, holy shit, I'm passing these people by and stuff. Yeah, you might have that job that's going to pay you $40,000 a year and get you some dental and a 401k plan, but you don't get to do anything you want to do. You're too scared to take chances. You're too scared to show your face on the internet. You're too scared to tell, not you, but like, you know, you're too scared <laughs> to tell your friends, no, I'm not going to go out with you five nights a week. But guess what? You don't have then. You don't have any of that $40,000. That money that's in your 401k, you're going to have to cash that out and pay a bunch of taxes and fees because you never learn to tell people no. So sacrifice and invest, prioritize and execute. And other than that, like more than anything else, just really 
get excited for the ride that's about to come because you're 23. The next three years of your life will be hard as fuck. I'm just going to say it. They're hard <laughs> but when you get to about 27, you kind of return to like that carefreeness of like being in your early 20s and your late teens almost because you fixed most of the problems that you have from your mid from your early 20s at your mid 20s. But you don't have a lot of those. You have some and you might have more problems that I don't know about. <laughs> but ultimately, your thing is you just have to continue to make hard decisions and see them through to the end. That feeling, that feeling will subside. It will. Yeah. I knew I needed this conversation. <laughs> no, I really do. You, uh, you've been mentioning a lot, like investing and I know what you mean, but a lot of people my age, when they hear investing, they think stock market. When you say invest, what do you mean? Like, what would you tell someone in their early 20s to invest in to be successful in the long term or to start chasing their goals and their dreams? Crypto. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for me, what would I tell them to invest in? Uh, The first thing I would tell them to invest in is discipline. The thing is, is that we live in a society and in a world where everybody expects everything to be expedient and at the snap of their fingers. And as George Carlin famously said in his last special before he died, which was, it's bad for you. He goes, everyone's so fat and happy now. Everyone's got a ball of phone that'll rub their balls and make them pancakes. No one wants anything anymore. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And I was back in like 2008. You know what I mean? And so- thing is is that the world is getting lazier the world is becoming way more subservient to social media and their phones and you know i see people who are perfectly healthy or who should be considered perfectly healthy you know they're they're coming up with all the reasons why they can't exercise well when you create discipline which typically comes from physical discipline for the average person that parlays into a lot of other things and that was the first thing i had to do When you look at me before I had no discipline, I had a lot of money, but I wasn't disciplined in what I did with it. I also couldn't really invest it in anything feasible because that would get me messed up with the IRS. So (laughs) invest for all spectrums today. But once I started having no choice but to invest in discipline, it started with just going to the gym. But then I saw myself become less fat and more fit. And then I was like, okay, well, what else can I do? I started powerlifting. I, as a 5'8 dude, got to a 405 squat, uh, a 515 deadlift, and about a 265 bench. Those aren't crazy numbers, but for a guy who only lifted for a couple of years, no, because I know people who are stronger than me in less time. And then what happened from there? I started reading books, and then I started uh, funning around with actually media before this media, but it it was way more low tech. And then I learned how to sell. And then I learned a little bit about actual investing in financial literacy, but it all became of the discipline I had to hold myself to. So the number one thing is if you are a 20 something and you want to start investing in something, invest in discipline, because I don't care how many courses you buy. I don't care how many, you know, different NFTs that you can get a deal on. I don't give a shit. If you don't have an underlying theme of character built by discipline, you will piss it all away. We all want a quick fix. We all want a Band-Aid for our cancer. But if you take enough time to just dedicate, 
I don't care if it's 15 minutes to meditation, that's a discipline that will parlay into more peace, better health, better, better mental aptitude, better memory. Okay. Discipline in your physical self. It always parlays into something because then you feel better and you look better and you have more confidence and you attract a better partner and you, they, they attract a better version of you. And then you have attractive looking kids, hopefully, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, but the second thing is skills. Discipline parlays into skills. I've always had the gift of gab, but when I started serving tables, I, I became even less scared of talking to people. I didn't have to put on a front. I could just be me. I could be myself. And then I started working in first form and I started talking to people over the phone and I started coaching you. I learned sales. I learned the media arts. I learned entrepreneurship. If you invest in discipline and skills, and finally, I would say this, you have to surround yourself with good people. You can, you can be the most disciplined, skilled person in the world. I have long been someone who has self-sabotaged himself because I liked to do everything myself because I didn't trust people. Well, if you don't trust people, they don't trust you. And if you don't get over yourself enough to say, maybe I can't do all this shit by myself, you're going to cost yourself a lot, a lot of the opportunities that you are so skilled and so disciplined in. So yeah. those three, your personal yeah. discipline, personal skills, and your network, your people, your circle, those are the things yeah. you need to. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think I really found that when I started with first form and when you became a coach and then we had our team, like I have made the best connections. I still have to this day through that team. Um, and not only that, because not only because they are people that are striving for the best for themselves, but they want to see me succeed and they want to see all of us succeed. And I think that's really important because I feel like at this age, jealousy is a big thing and it's more so like, oh my God, of course they went viral on TikTok and now they get to do that. And it's like, just because they did it doesn't mean, doesn't mean it takes anything away from you. And I learned that very quickly on with first form. Um, but when you say investing in discipline, would you say do 75 hard it's an option but it's not the only option okay I, what I, else would you say to do i would say look at what you've been putting off and look at what scares you there's a reason so for me for example uh at the beginning of the year i decided i was gonna get licensed in real estate and then i was chugging along at it it was fun it was fine and then i started getting into a big you know mental depression a big emotional depression and then I left first form and then I committed to it for a little bit. And then I started helping the real AF team with their media as an independent contractor. And so I became a little less disciplined at it. So now I have to pay more money to get it done, but I will get it done. And yeah, I have to create a plan for it. It was, again, I have to have the discipline to do it. And it is something that if you, if you don't want to do 75 hard, I think that's fine. I did it because I've had so much success with it. And also I just, it, it's just time for me. Summertime is my favorite time to do 75 hard. Mm -hmm. And my mental state is much improved because of it, but this one can be anything. And I, I just ask you to make it something that has practical value to you and practical value to you can be subjective. 
if you get a lot of practical value out of doing jujitsu, well, okay, you like to choke people and put them in joint locks. <laughs> if they tap, you let them go. Yeah. You get tapped out every once in a while. Sure. Do you have a fun time? Do you feel better afterwards? Yes. It's a skill. It's discipline. It's community again. Um, I, I, I want the people who listen to this to be like, okay, there's something I've been putting off. I don't have to dedicate more than 15 minutes to it a day. Awesome. Those 15 minutes will make you way better about yourself. And that domino will knock over multiple dominoes. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, my little sister is doing 75 hard right now. Awesome. Yeah, it was. So when I did it the first or the second time, she tried it for a week. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to do it for seven days. And then she just decided randomly to start this summer. And she didn't even tell me right away, which I was like, why wouldn't you tell me you were doing it? But she's, she's like over halfway through and I'm so freaking proud of her and she's killing it. Um, But I was going to ask you this anyway, but I thought of it again with the 75 hard. Top five personal development book recommendations. Because she's been stealing from my library, but I'm like, I know Murph's going to have some good book recs. Yeah, I will. Uh, and I can actually get them down right now. Perfect. Uh, all right. So one second. So I, I'm not saying you have to read them in this order, but if you were to get my opinion on what five books would offer someone the most utility uh, based on my personal development journey and just all the times I've done 75 hard, I think I've read these books in some capacity. Um, the first one would be Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Uh, it is like the first of, I don't know how many in the canon of Stoic literature. Uh, the idea behind Stoicism is really gaining control over your emotions and understanding It's not what happens to you, but it's how you react to it. And at the very least, do your best to be a good person and make make value judgments and understand that concept of proactivity versus reactivity and seek to make the world a better place just little by little. Um, It was written by one of the most powerful men. It was pretty much the most powerful man in the world at this time, uh, Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius, who could have been having all these wild, you know, monochronistic, I don't know, big king and queen sex orgies. And he could have been really decadent and he could have been terrible to the people he ruled over, but he was actually an amazing guy. And he did a lot of things to help my patients. So number one, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Uh, Number two, it's a book that literally my dad told me to read. He actually went to the Dale Carnegie Institute, which, okay, my my pops is 85. So- (laughs) He's done a lot of shit that I didn't even know was possible. Um, But number two, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, The truth is, is that most people are scared to death of speaking in general, hence why I never shut the hell up because I don't have a fear of it. Um, And the thing is, is that you need to learn how to talk to people if you are ever going to be successful in anything. Um, And look, you don't need to necessarily read this book to do it. You can get a job serving tables and ultimately you can learn to do it. But some of the biggest takeaways from this book are people don't really remember what you do or say. What do they remember, Grace? How you make them feel. Absolutely. And one of the other big pieces of this book is 
if you want people to talk about you, you just need to talk about them. Um, and there's a lot more that goes in depth to it, but I think it's a very underrated skill. A very underrated discipline is the art of conversation and you can use it for good or you can use it for bad, but much like your podcast, you've learned how to harness and leverage communication. And that is a big piece of what this book can teach people to do. So number two is how to win friends and influence people. Number three, it's got to be relentless by Tim Grover. One of my faves. It's an amazing book. Um, I absolutely love Tim Grover. I, I love this book. I love winning, which was the follow-up to this. But as a guy who I was never an athlete growing up, I never played sports, but in my late teens and into my twenties, and even to today, I really did grow to love the NBA. Uh, especially when you start really falling in love with like anything like urban culture, Jordans are a big piece of that basketball jerseys, snapbacks. They are all a piece of that culture. Um, This book is all about the fact of saying, like, if you really want to go for it, you just have to be relentless. And there's three levels of achievers. There's coolers who are people who, you know, they kind of do their job. They're there. It's they're doing an all right thing. But, you know, they they ain't really moving and grooving too much. There's closers, the person who's a specialist. They're real good, but they're not the guy who has the 13 traits that are in this book. Michael Jordan is a cleaner. Kobe Bryant rest his soul was a cleaner uh Dwayne Wade was a cleaner and he, he names other guys but if you're going to be a savage in business if you're going to be a savage in athleticism if you if you just want to be a better version of you if you really want to go from good to great to unstoppable this book every time Andy Andy Frisella does 75 hard this is the first thing he reads and, and I've read it four or five times it's good every single fucking time yeah um number four This is actually the first personal development book I ever read, uh, which is going to be The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. Um, This book really does dig deep into the idea of there are seven different levels, if you will, seven different habits and more like three different levels. And it's really understanding before you can ever really be good for anyone else, you must first be good to yourself. And some of those basic, dumb, aha, cliche moments they come in to this book right here. Um, And for anybody who honestly needs to just kind of get their shit straight, this would be the first book I would say to read. It's a pretty simple read. Um, It it, it almost feels a little ABC family sometimes. I don't know why, but some of the, some of the examples that Dr. Stephen Covey brings up, I feel like it's going to be followed. And next on ABC family, seventh heaven. Why it makes sense that. But this book is really good. I would not be me without this book. Uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Dr. Stephen Covey. And then finally, uh, I would say Extreme Ownership by Jocko, How Navy Seals Lead and Win. Um, I love the guys at Echelon Front. I have met J.P. Donnell a handful of times. Um, For a while there, I thought I was going to enlist in the military uh, and I wanted to go the spec op route. And I really fell in love with learning about the Navy Seals. Um, it's, it's, It's just one of these books where when you hear about some of the things that Jocko and uh, Leif Babin and some of the guys who were on uh, task unit bruiser who passed away, some of the things that they went through in order to just survive, but how they take that and apply it to business, especially. I just, I love this book and I love all of these books. So there's a book on stoicism. There's a book on communication. There's a book on mindset. There's really a, the, one of the more comprehensive books on personal development. And there's a book on military strategy and how you can appeal that to business. The only other book that maybe I would throw in 
um, is a finance book. And that could be a tie between The Automatic Millionaire by David Bach, uh, Total Money Makeover by uh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, better than I deserve. Or um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. If you had to throw in a finance book, any one of those three will set you up with an amazing skill set. Awesome. All right, Sophie, there it is. There's the rest <laughs> of your books for 75 hard. <laughs> Get cracking. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. I feel like reading personal development books has been one of the biggest game changers in my mindset and in the way that I carry myself and go about day-to-day life and have like set up routines. So um, highly recommend. What? What's your favorite though? Oh, Relentless is up there. I loved that book and it got me fired up. Like there's some personal development books where it's like, okay, like this is good information. Like, I, yes, I should be doing this. Like, um, atomic habits. That's a great book. That book did not fire me up. Relentless, relentless fired me up. I was like, let's go, let's do it. So I'd probably have to say that. I always love reading the part of Relentless where he's like, some you know, some guys will try to act tough in front of me. And I know they're not actually doing what I asked them to do. If I ask you to go on a 100% sugar cleanse and you aren't convulsing or throwing up or puking on yourself, you're a fucking liar. I was just like, God, this guy's <laughs> horrifying. Hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it it like minimizes things for you. It's like, I mean, I read it the first time when I was doing 75 hard. I'm like, I'm a wimp. This is not hard. (laughs) But it motivated me a lot. And it it doesn't mean you're a wimp. It just puts everything in perspective for you. Reading the book and hearing like what Michael Jordan went through uh, when he was going up against those Larry Bird Celtics teams, the bad boy Pistons, and just getting his shit kicked in, you, you start you start realizing it's the exact same thing. as like looking up into the night sky and seeing all these constellations and stars and those little galaxies that look like stars. It's like, that is how small my experience is compared to everything that I am exposed to. And that's why all of these books, whether you're learning from Navy SEALs or Michael Jordan's athletic training specialist, or yes, even a Roman emperor from thousands of years ago. That's the point of personal. And you, you talking about that is, especially just that, that minimization of perspective is so important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So to finish it off, if you could tell somebody in their early twenties, that is just trying to figure it out and take the different route and not play it safe and follow their dreams. If you could tell them one thing, what would you tell them? Does it have to be just like a single statement or could it be? No. My biggest piece of advice for you is don't quit on your dreams. And when I say that, you're going to have to realize that your dream is not a Hallmark Channel movie. It's not an ABC family movie. It's not a movie that has you know, Tom Holland or Zendaya in it. It's not any of that stuff. Your dream is understanding that every training montage you've ever seen in a movie with a fight that motivates you, that's you thinking of your dream. It's a concept of your dream. 
every Cinderella story, save for the cornier aspects that Hollywood likes to dishevel them with, that's the recognition of your dream. When, when you hear something and it clicks with you, that is your best self trying to come to the surface. And your best self is like a muscle. You have to consistently work it. You have to, you have to feed yourself the right foods. You have to drink enough water. You have to create a plan. You have to follow the plan. You have to be accepting of failure, but not tolerant of failure. And you have to buy into the fact that as long as you don't quit on your dreams, on your family, on whatever it is that you tie your success to, you will have to deal with a lot of things that will make you feel cold and empty and alone and like no one understands and that you are all alone in this, 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 this big social experiment that we call life. And for a lot of it, you will be. And it will feel really welcoming and warm, the idea of going back to the way you were when things were simple and easy before you woke up to the fact that you're going to die someday. I had to multiple times, and these times are more recent than I care to admit, but I have to be honest and keep it 100. There have been multiple times where I thought it would be easier to pull the plug, to say goodbye, to just call it a day. I'm going, I'm going to that great forever one way or the other. And that is a form of quitting. Mm -hmm. And so I personally, besides telling myself, don't quit, I, I, I very much have co-signed my, to myself to the philosophy of no half sense. So I, I'm caught in between this never ending, this tug of war between just don't quit and just full send. And full send doesn't mean that everything is done to 100%. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It means I'm giving it my best. And the law of averages, if I'm always giving it my best, if I do not give up, if I'm becoming fitter, if I'm becoming smarter, if I am becoming more mentally tough and emotionally resilient, if I keep dreaming bigger, and if I keep hitting my small goals, my medium goals will get hit. Now I keep hitting those medium goals. Those big goals will look really small given enough time, but I have to defeat self I can't quit on the best version of me and so it all comes from the decision to say no matter where this takes me I'm just going to send it you're going to lose friends you're going to make friends you're going to fall in love you're going to fall out of love you're going to love yourself you're going to hate yourself and that all could be by Tuesday <laughs> but I promise you you will never look back at your life and say God, I wish I would have quit as long as you care about what it is you are moving towards. So don't fucking quit. Wow. That was awesome. Thank Not you. Foundational speech by the end of this thing. I always feel like I could run through a brick wall after talking to you. <laughs> yeah, you take these books with you. You know what I'm saying? Give them to your sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, Murph. Thank you so much for all of that insight. I hope you guys feel as empowered as I do right now. Little Monday motivation to kick off the week. Um, but where can everybody find you? Plug yourself a little bit. Uh, so no matter how many times I said I'm going to get off Instagram, I'm not off Instagram yet. Uh, you can find me at the daily underscore Murph. 
uh, on Instagram. Um, whenever I get my ass up and moving on Rumble and YouTube, I will have Grace confer to you what those channels will be. Yes. Um, but as far as my podcast, the plan is for right now, I, I don't want to do personal development as a talking point in my podcast anymore. So that is why that has been on a hiatus. Uh, I plan to do something more about current events with a co-host, but I think moving forward, the gimmick of the podcast, which if you want to go back and listen to the last 25 episodes, uh, it is, can we talk about this with Murphy Wells? That is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, but I do believe we're going to start calling that the Daily Murph Show, and that's going to be way more about politics, current events, society, and generally pissing off everyone that I can as a means of getting views and shares. Absolutely. I mean... Oh. Yeah. You can find me at first form HQ three days a week too, not hitting Andy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. How about that all below for you guys? But again, thank you, Murph, so much. Um, thanks guys for tuning you, in. Matt. Make sure to uh give uh, the pod a follow and a rating if you liked it. And we'll talk next week. <laughs>